You know what I did see? Close I don't know. That. You probably you're aware of this. I did see a little a little hotel hack. You know Ooh. the little hangers that they give you that have the clips on them. Because yeah. you know those curtains never met, oh. line up just tight. Take the clips on there. Boom, boom. Oh. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast. Coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 85 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Text them about it. Leave a voicemail. Uh, you know what? Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. With me, as always, the spicy chicken sandwich to my 2 a.m. Most awesome. I'm filled with mayo, though, baby. Oh. I'm filled with Ugh, lettuce cancel. and mayo. Cancel the order. Bring it back. Cancel. <laughs> yes, sir. Drunk foods. Ooh, can I just tell you real quick? Yeah. I am the king of late night Detroit right now because Lafayette Coney Island has Ooh. followed our Instagram feed. Uh, Lafayette, the Coney Island, the king of all Coney Islands. I'm, look I'm at this. I'm happy with this. You mentioned him again in episode 85, so that means we can tag him again. Let's keep Boom. tagging him. Keep sharing you get exactly. tagged. That's how it works, Lafayette. Hot dogs. What was it? Lafayette. Lafayette. Coney dogs, baby. Coney, Coney fries. Oh, yeah. Coney. Ooh, so dogs. good. Brandana, we're going to catch a game in Detroit, and I'm going to fucking uh, pop your cherry. Uh, uh, <laughs> man, I'm going to get fat as fuck. Awesome. <laughs> God, before that happens, we got to run down for episode 85. We're doing Rip from the Headlines. We're doing our NBA preview introducing a new segment called what if it's a new segment and this week we're looking at the 2017 nfl draft we'll let you know how that goes when we get to it doing the neapolitan showdown top scary movies that's good good ghost impression there brandana oh yeah yeah. you too brother uh then we're gonna jump into the brandana gambling corner we're talking nba championship odds then we're gonna finish as we always do with their mvp of the week ladies and gentlemen you're our power Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Ripped from the headlines. NBA preview. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? The season is upon us. NBA mm-hmm. season is here. October 22nd, I think, is the first game. So they're listening to this on the Monday before. So yeah. we want to talk about it. Who we like. I like it. Uh, to kick this off, like, who the fuck is where? Like, I had <laughs> to look everything up on just, like, where these players are at. Like, like, I legit forgot, like, where Russell Westbrook was. I forgot, like, Paul George had switched, like, at the very – like, I was just yeah. – like, there's – I mean, this has to be unprecedented, just the amount of movement that was going on. And you're consumed by NFL, and it's like, I have to turn that brain off, turn Mm -hmm. my NBA brain off. And it's like, oh, yes, that's right. We had a wild NBA free agency season, lots of moving and shaking, signing trades, Angel Russell going, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it's moving and shaking. The NBA is a 12-month season. Yeah, they're not. uh, And you're right, like NFL comes on and finally has to get all my attention. But so right out of the gate, this year – as opposed, and maybe not 
any other year, but as of late, you know, we're used to seeing like the Golden State Warriors up there at almost maybe negative odds. And we'll get into the gambling corner just about like a championship odds a little right. bit. But there's no clear outset like this is the team to beat. Right. Yeah. There's no perennial favorite heading in. I think there's a lot of teams that obviously Clippers, Lakers, people are looking at them. Um, mm-hmm. But there is no defined like this is the team because the champion of last year, the Toronto Raptors are, I mean, Kawhi Leonard just left. It's unprecedented. We've yeah. never seen a finals MVP switch teams the year after he won uh, a title in the MVP. So, um, yeah, so I think that adds a level of uh, uncertainty to who's really that, that top dog. Uh, who's got your eye right now? Who are you kind of interested in? Besides our Pelicans. Squawk! Oh, I know. Little poor, poor little Mab out for Zion getting that yeah. dinged up on that knee. A little disappointed to hear that. Um, well, I, I obviously, like I just we just talked about L.A. L.A. is going to be the most interesting basketball town. People have said sure. this, but you've got the Lakers and you've got the Clippers. I really, obviously, because you've got Kawhi, he's a reigning Finals MVP. We saw him basically as a mercenary go to Toronto and carry them across the finish line. I got to give the slight edge for a team that was a 48 win team last year with no real superstars and then adding two huge superstars in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I got to give a little bit of the notion to them and saying, "Hey, I like it. I like what I'm seeing there." Yeah, a little bit. I think um I mean we've seen that happen before kind of throw the stars together. Maybe it's not quite as not guaranteed as in like football and I'll keep I'll stop trying to pull us back to football. But right. just like kind of just throwing all the talent together at one time doesn't necessarily uh, equate to success right away. But that's still kind of the same situation we're looking at in, you know, L.A. It's just it happens right. to be like two of, you know, the top four players. Right. And, you know, yeah, the Lakers, the Lakers are in that yes, same yes, situation, yes. too. Right. And it's one of those things. And, you know, you've got. I mean, every, there was so much shakeup and so much change. Golden State's no longer there. Really, truthfully, it's. I, I think there are probably five real contenders, and four of them are out of the West. One of them, I think, is out of the East. I think Philadelphia is the real big dog. I think that they. I think they're going to be scary. Obviously, you've got Milwaukee, but I'm not really liking what Milwaukee did in the off season. So That's we'll, what, we'll yeah. get into more. Yeah, you totally, know what I mean. But yeah, I think there's awesome. probably five real contenders, and four of them are out of the East. Two in L.A., you've got Houston, and then I don't want to give away too much. Maybe Denver. Yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll get in the odds. This is kind of like it always gets tricky when we do this. I mean, this is like probably the third or fourth time that we've kind of split up a little bit of a preview with a little bit of future odds, and it's hard for us to kind of jump in at the top of the show, avoid like any like tipping our hat to any of the championship teams (laughs) that do it. But we do our best, people. So uh, still just kind of setting maybe on some smaller storylines we're keeping an eye on. Uh, Golden State Warriors is this finally the end of a dynasty? I mean, I definitely think so. I think it's, you know, Clay Thompson most likely not returning for this season. If he does, an aggressive timetable is late March, early April. That's right at the end of the season. So it really becomes what is he coming back for? Plus, you've got all the terrible optics from KD last year coming back too early on that Achilles injury. Um, I, I'm The thing that I think I'm most excited for is I think we're going to see an offensive Steph Curry – probably in like the first 20 games, I think he's going to come out and just gun. And I think we're going to see MVP level Steph in that first 20 games. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see that, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't think this is, I don't think this is a contender this year. I think they, they, I don't want to say struggle, but I think they fight 
to get into the bottom half of the playoffs, maybe a seventh or eighth seed, because the the West is just is loaded up again. It's it's going to be a tough West division or conference rather. Yeah. So uh, what's the deal with Curry? Is he just going to fire at will because he's like, fuck it, I don't have any like, like not really true support. Like not all the eyeballs are on us. What do I have to lose? Yeah, exactly. He's going to be gunning. I think he's also going to be a little extra motivated, a little chip on his shoulder. Everyone's counting him out a little bit. Um, I, I think actually people are now starting to count him out so much that it's kind of, I think, swinging the other way. But I just like him entering into the season with a little bit of a chip, like, fuck you. I am one of the best five players in the league, and I'm going to prove it to you. I don't think he's going to sustain it for a whole run because he just really he hasn't had to in the last three and a half, four years. So now he's going to, well, I guess really 20, when they went 70, 73 and uh, nine there, that's when he was really that, that juggernaut. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just don't see him doing it for a full season, but I see him coming out of the gates hot. I like it. Uh, I think without tilting our hand too much, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about just the eight teams on each side you see in the playoffs. Before you get to that, maybe just kind of one team we didn't see in the postseason last year that their stock's on the way up. And I obviously not like the Lakers. I'm not going to talk about any of these teams that kind of put together pieces and were just like, no shit. But maybe like mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, maybe last year's Clippers, just kind of a team that's going to strike a little magic and kind of find that, just kind of find that symphony together, just kind of get it going and working. Well, yeah, it's funny because I, I, the two teams that I really liked are New Orleans, right? I liked a little put of, you know, some of them putting it all together with Zion because I think Zion was going to be a big issue. But now they're saying weeks in parentheses, which scares me. Uh, so the other team that I like, a little joie de vivac. I like our Sacramento Kings. Ooh, I like those guys. They <laughs> were, I think they had 39 wins last year. They're about 500 right at the all-star break. And then kind of everything fell off the fell off the uh, wagon there or they fell off the wagon. But the buddy healed thing to start the season also kind of puts a wrinkle in that too. too. He's demanding basically getting a, a better deal. Otherwise the, he wants them to trade him. But I really like the Harrison Barnes, buddy healed uh, deer and Fox. When you mix in some Bagley, some other people like that, they've got some skilled position players. And I think they can make a run just being young. And, and, and I think deer and Fox is going to take a, a step up. I, I like him. I like his style of play. So when the NBA season starts, do you think just kind of Nick fans just are automatically depressed or does that take like two or three weeks for that to sink in? Oof, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think they're starting off in the depressionville. It's, it, there's nothing good about this season for them. I don't, I, I, I like what they're doing there. I mean, I, I don't understand all what they're trying to do and put pieces. They really just seem like they're just scattershotting, trying to get assets and just figuring out if I have enough of these kind of youngish players on short-term deals, will I get enough? Will I find a diamond in the rough? And I think that that's what they're trying to do with uh, Julius Randle and with Dennis Smith. And then obviously they drafted RJ Barrett. I think they're really trying to hope for RJ Barrett. That's your, that is your saving grace. If RJ Barrett can become a elite player who was ranked ahead of Zion Williamson early on in his prep career, if he can, if he can kind of ascend to that level, then they've got something to build around. If not, they're just trying to figure out what their identity is. And at this time, I, I have no idea what it is. So Rubio to the Suns, is this enough for that kind of young team that seems like it's been building for the last two or three years to kind of finally make a move? Or is that just kind of a shit show franchise? Yeah, it's a dump of a franchise. I I, I, I think it's, I mean, he, he can play point guard. I, I want to be a Suns fan. 
I want to. You want to be a Suns fan? I do, but they're stopping me. They won't let they, me do it. They won't let you in. You got Kelly Oubre there, a little KU alum. I know you're liking that. You've got DeAndre Ayton, the first overall pick. It's uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I I it all starts at the top with Sarver. We've talked about him in our in our terrible owners. He is a terrible owner. He's a little not yeah. willing to spend the max on him. And I don't know. Is Devin Booker? We've heard this before. Is he a good stats, bad team guy? Yeah. Like, is he going to be that guy to be in that conversation for top ten player? You know, all pro level two guard that's going to in in crunch time in a playoff series going to give me the ball. I'm going to going to get the bucket that we need. I, I haven't seen it out of him. I've seen him go off in meaningless games, but when it counted, which we haven't really seen him play a lot of, I haven't really seen him seen him do it. Oh, where's that? Uh, what happened to that Fultz guy? Where's he at? Can he shoot again? Mark Markel Fultz is in Orlando. Oh, who I do like as a sneaky little oh. Eastern team because of the Eastern team. Mm-hmm. They win the players to the seven seed last year. Uh, I like uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, they have Fultz. Um, I also like. I think Jonathan Isaac could put it together for the Orlando Magic. Um, and they signed, they re-signed Vucevic, who I think is a good post player for them. I think they're interesting. I think if they can defend hard, which they did, that's what got them in the playoffs. I think if we see a little uptick in some offensive de- development with uh, Isaac, I think they'll be an interesting Western team, or excuse me, Eastern Conference team to kind of sneak up maybe a little higher than we're thought, maybe get to that fourth or fifth seed this year. Oh, okay. We got to get into so much more. You know what we should do? We should just start marking these. We need to mark these as basically rip from the headlines as part one. And then we'll see you again for part two in the gambling corner when we start talking playoffs and who can walk with the chip. All right, a uh, new segment, uh, What If. So basically, the What If segment, it takes a look at sports history and asks, what if things went a little differently? <laughs> wish, Ooh, wish I didn't I like say that. that I like you put your podcasting voice on <laughs> right there. That was what nice. If, uh, uh, so this episode we're doing, what if the 2017 NFL draft happened with the knowledge of what we know now? Okay. Mm. This, so I broke this down. This is kind of difficult because you don't want to go all in. Like, obviously it's not like, Cleveland's it's looking so I kind of did 50 50 I did a little bit of the team like where they were at and kind of which will make more sense when we get into it because obviously like Cleveland Browns had the you know uh number one pick overall in the 2017 right. draft went with a uh, pro bowler Miles Garrett so they had RG3 at the time and I think that you know they they were happy at that position right like I, I don't think I don't think they go well, obviously with this knowledge, it's all about like how much knowledge do they have? I'm saying give us a little benefit of the doubt, a little just like, you know, the what, what do the magicians have? Like just uh, when you when you separate yourself from the prestidigitation? No, 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 no. <laughs> Like we were watching a movie, but you, it's like a willing, like a willing oh, suspension of, or something. Suspense, su- suspension of suspension of disbelief. Yeah, right. Yes. So a little bit of that. So that's how kind of I approach to tackle it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I like where you're at with because I did try and keep it that these guys kept their, their like what they were their intentions were heading exactly. into that draft. Exactly. Yeah, but they just had we have no more knowledge. We knew Pat Mahomes is going to be Pat Mahomes, and even though they have RG three, I think that they would still make that. And I don't think they had RG three. I think they had Deshaun Kaiser and a couple other players. I don't remember. 
RG three on the on the Browns. Oh, they they had them both. Maybe he was maybe he was second. Let me pull it up there. Was he second string? I remember they maybe, played. Maybe I looked at the uh-oh. wrong order. Maybe, oh, drink everyone. Uh oh. Maybe I look at accus, accusations acquisitions instead of whatever. Well, long story. So so you have you have Pat Mahomes going to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, do we want to run down how it actually went, the actual draft? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Just so everyone's familiar with it. So 2017 Browns had the first over pick, took Miles Garrett. The Bears moved up one spot, took uh, Mitchell Trubisky. They traded with the 49ers, who at third took Solomon Thomas. Jacksonville took Leonard Fournette. Tennessee Titans took Corey Davis. The Jets took uh, Jamal Adams. Chargers took wide receiver Mike Williams. Uh, Carolina took Christian McCaffrey. Bengals took John Ross the third. Kansas City moved up with Buffalo and took Pat Mahomes. Saints took Marshawn Lattimore, defensive back. And Houston moved up to take Deshaun Watson. That's the first 12. That's kind of about as far as I look to see yeah, yeah. how it would all shake out. Yeah, I think I think that's about one. So here's my big question out of the gate. Thanks for that rundown. What was the bear strategy here? Obviously, they knew they wanted their guy. They were thinking the 49ers had eyeballs on him. Yeah, because at that time, Jimmy G was not – they had not traded for Jimmy G at that point. Yeah, yeah. So I think that they had thought um, – which is interesting. It almost would have been telling to the Bears and the Bears front office that the 49ers, who needed a quarterback, who had been kind of devoid of a solid quarterback, were like, no, 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 well, we'll move back knowing that you were going to go after a quarterback as well, too, because you didn't have one either. Yeah, it almost... would have been my first like sus- suspicion as a Bears GM that, why are you making this deal? I'm not really sure why you're making this deal. Yeah, so weird, because the only reason you're trading up one spot is because you're just like, oh, that guy above me, that team above me wants our guy, so we better trade right. with that guy. And then that guy has, that team has to be thinking, oh, they're looking at this guy? Sure, right. absolutely. <laughs> like, send us yes. the, like, whatever, like, the fourth set. Like, uh, I think it was down one and, like, a fourth and a seventh or something. I don't remember. Right. I can't imagine, like, John Lynch is like, oh, you're going to take Mitchell Trubisky. Twist my arm if you give me a couple first-round picks. I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll do it. It's a lose-lose, right? Either they're just like, no, no fucking way, not doing it. And you're like, shit, they're going to take our guy. Or they're just like, yep, no problem. Like, send us the paperwork or sign it all. Like, uh, it's, it's see, I, I don't love the move. I don't love trading up one spot. I no, guess no, definitely not one spot. I, yes. I you know I, I don't like trading up because you're spot. kind of you're it, kind of trading against yourself because like you're the one setting like the price for that market because it's only you. Right, exactly, and that's the other thing too is is at that at that high of a draft pick, if you were in the top five trying to move up, unless there's like a there's like a perennial number one and everyone knows that this is the guy, and I and there wasn't back in 2017. Miles Garrett was probably the perennial number one, but that wasn't with a lot of certainty. Mitchell Trubisky was not the number one quarterback coming out. There was a lot of question marks. He just vaulted up the the Bears. Still a lot of question marks, brother. (laughs) Still Still a lot of question marks. marks. He vaults up, and it's like, oh, that's a bold move. But as we've grown with the NFL draft, we we understand that quarterbacks will get a – teams will reach on Yeah, inflated, inflated value. Yeah, and Pat Mahomes is a prime example of that. You know what could have been so, done? You, oh, go ahead, buddy. No, no, no. I was just gonna say. So them moving up, it's like what you said is, is they were basically they were negotiating against themselves. They could have sat there and been like, "Go ahead, take them, and we'll get somebody else of of value on there." There's obviously plenty of talented players in there. Or they could have said, "Well, we'll trade back and go for one of the other 
they had to believe so much more in Mitchell Trubisky than Mahomes or Watson. Yeah. Coming into that draft that they had a will to pay the assets because they were afraid San Francisco was going to take them or they could have sat firm or traded back because then, you know, the next run of teams were not going to, you know, you had Bortles, Mariota, uh, the Jets might have been the only one to take a quarterback. The Chargers had Philip Rivers. Yeah. Carolina had Cam. Yeah. Bengals had. So, I mean, you could have traded back at that point. So I guess my only thing is maybe here's what could have been the 49ers could have gotten other offers. And the Bears could have right. heard about that. I guess that's what I'm taking sure. on. Like the 49ers could have been like, hey, the Chiefs are talking to us, the Texans are talking to us, like teams that knew they wanted a quarterback in that draft. Was were we talking about kind of a three horse race between, you know, Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky? Like was there a rank or just different teams have like different like order, depending on who you talk to? Yeah, there was definitely like a it was the those three guys were the ones that were in question and it was kind of like a a variation of who you know one a one b one c yeah like exactly and and i think the one thing um oh because yeah because the one thing is is that there really wasn't anyone else in that quarterback class i mean the next one yeah they're really i mean deshaun kaiser at notre game was a fringe first rounder um and he went late in the second. So there really wasn't anybody else in that in that QB class. So really it was kind of a one of three. So which one did you value? Now you had uh, the question marks. There was question marks with all of them. I know Chiefs fans will re- rewrite history on Texas Tech, but he was a system quarterback. He had a big arm, but he also made a lot of mistakes. And for every Oklahoma game, there were the Iowa State games to balance that out. So let's, you know, let's not have a total revisionist history on his college career. Deshaun Watson, who I like the best out of all of them, had a proven track record, but was really loose with the ball. Had a lot of turnovers, high number of turnovers in a collegiate scheme, which was uh, very red flaggy. Yeah. And obviously he had some velocity issues. And then you had Mitchell Trubisky, who, and this is this is the Mark Sanchez corollary if you've ever seen one, is he only started 13 games at UNC in his entire career quarterbacks with low numbers of collegiate starts have a really high bust factor because they might have just caught lightning in a bottle we don't we haven't really seen it over a period of time so those they all had their question marks but that's the thing is, is that's the most puzzling thing to me now when you look at this the bears just had to believe so much more in trubisky and knew that they wanted to take a quarterback rather than sit and wait on the other two which i mean he must have wowed them in some way, shape, or form that I'm just we, we just didn't know about. Yeah, there must be just some not must be like just scouts or whatever like GMs just hitching their wagon to a star because it's not like that slowed down, you know, about just being like, this is my guide, like not yeah. a big sample set, but we're gonna go with them. All right, just my top three. So you're probably right about Cleveland going quarterback. I had him staying with Miles Garrett. I've 49ers not trading down, taking Patrick Mahomes. And then the Bears take into Deshaun Watson. Does any maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't quite fit the Bear style and what they wanted to do during that draft? Oh, but yeah. So he went to a, a very vanilla John Fox team. So yeah. remember this. So I, I think that they go with with Watson. And I had I had it switched up where they actually made that trade where the Browns went Mahomes number one. Mm-hmm. So the Bears trade up Still, to get okay. Watson, and then the Forty ers take Miles Garrett. Okay. Which, 
would have been wildly fascinating to see because they and and it fits in with what they did because they wanted to take some they took Solomon Thomas the 49ers did so now they get the best overall defensive end and it's like then that just for me future cast it's like now they got would they take Nick Bosa at two I kind of think that they would yeah or maybe <laughs> yeah. they would trade back and now you just have this like insane defensive line that's going to wreak havoc on the NFC but that's but I do think the Bears go with uh with Watson the, the biggest question for me is is if the Browns go Mahomes, knowing what they know, yeah, he goes into a significantly uh, uh, a worse situation than yeah. he could ever in Kansas City. Who's his quarterback mentor? Who's his quarterback coach? What's He's that? Going to a fucking Hugh Jackson led zero and sixteen. Yeah, team. exactly. What's that? What's that offense like? Like, absolutely, man. We've talked about it a million times. There's never going to be a way to see kind of the sliding doors moment we talk about, but. Yeah, you know, give give those quarterbacks that never really give me give me Brady Quinn like coming up and it's like I I get it, but it's just like let's see these guys actually have like a legit shot and not running for their lives for like a year and a half and like no real guidance on like shit house teams and then just fucking wash out. Yeah, even even Houston with Deshaun Watson, we were super fearful of it. He's we're like this guy's gonna get killed. The only saving grace is he has DeAndre Hopkins a fantastic wide receiver. Yeah. So I kind of almost put it to like that Dante Culpepper thing too when he went to Minnesota. Bring it back to let's go Vikes, let's go Vikes. Let's go Vikes. You know what I mean? He has Randy Moss, so it's like he's got somebody to help him out to build confidence. That's the thing I just worry about is is like if we throw if you throw Mahomes early on to the Wolves and some of those things that he can't work on for an entire you know professional season gets highlighted significantly. He's got all the pressure of the number 1 how does that change his career arc? How do we view him? Do we see him as a dude with a huge arm, but undisciplined or somebody who can't, you know, doesn't have the, you know, maybe gets knocked around a little bit and loses a little bit of that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, all right. Number four I have. So that's the Jaguars pick of mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I think I think they were ha- you know they were happy with their quarterback situation. They thought it was like on an uptick. Obviously, super stoked about their defense, and they were just like if they knew a little bit more about like what he could be just as a playmaker, they'd be absolutely. Yeah, and that's one of those things that went back and forth. And historically, we know that Kamara is that guy that you know is a better player than Fournette. Yeah, but I do kind of wonder. I sat back like and it is like it is a little bit more Jaguars like style to have like the Fournette. Yeah, exactly. And they wanted a they wanted a bell cow. They wanted Doug yeah. Marone was a head coach back then at that time. They wanted the guy to push the pile. So I went back and forth because I even looked at like, ooh, would they go uh, McCaffrey? Would they go Camara? Would they go Fournette? I think either way they stick with running back. Ultimately, the best choice is Camara uh, because maybe that actually that keeps Bortles' career alive a little bit because maybe he's got to dump off, he's got to release valve, that's, a playmaker in the back backfield. Exactly. We're seeing eye and eye, brother, because that's what I was thinking, and that's what finally pushed me over the edge because I'm thinking maybe the war room with a little bit more information on what Alvin Kamara could be, it'd be like, all right, Bortles, we really want to take that, that next step to at least be in the conversation for Tier 1. Let's give him, like, one other option and just kind of bail him out. Yeah, who's who, who did he have that you could – guarantee 80 to 90 catches and like 120 touches you know what i mean carrying the ball they didn't have anybody like that so yeah that's interesting uh five titans who'd you go with Corey davis they took originally 
Um, I kept them in the same kind of style. They wanted a weapon for Mariota. Um, but obviously the best wide receiver, Juju Schuster-Smith. What I had, buddy. That's what I had. Boom. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think they liked uh, kind of getting back in that mindset. Obviously, they like Mariota. Some, like they wanted to stretch the field, invest in a wide receiver early, and that would be your answer. How old is Juju Smith-Schuster at this time? Like 16 years old? <laughs> right, he's young. young he's texting uh, Antonio Brown for tips and, and tricks and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, no, he was a late second-round pick, and they, they got a real good steal for him. I, ironically, he's kind of in that same vein as Corey Davis, like a big, strong, athletic guy who can run. They just didn't get the right guy. And, and Corey Davis, it's always rough for wide receivers when they get hurt early on. Mm-hmm. And he just never could get out of the blocks. He got hurt, he got dinged up, and he's never – Really put it together, Corey Davis. I sort of pan out real fast. Uh, so the Jets at number six went with uh, Jamal Adams, safety. Is there any chance that is there any chance that they roll the dice if if to six? And I know it kind of doesn't make sense because they didn't make a move on the actual quarterbacks that were available with the Holmes and Watson. Any any way if like Trubisky falls here, like Jets think that's a fit for them? Yeah. See, that's the thing is, is I did kind of look at that. I was like, ooh, knowing what we know now. It would have been so much different had you asked his question after last year, you know, what yeah. I mean? after the Pro Bowl year. I think he, I think they go, oh yeah, maybe we we roll the dice on it here. We get our guy, but ultimately, I I think that the you know I like Jamal Adams. I think he's a real good player. I think he's a, I think he brings an attitude and a, pre, a presence to the defense. The only other guy that I think you're gonna do and change that would be another guy, T.J. Watt who the Steelers got an outside pass rusher who could have maybe helped them out in their three, four defense that they ran uh, back then. But I, I think they actually sit pat and go with Jamal Adams. If, if they decide, you know, Hey, we don't want any of these guys uh, quarterback wise. Uh, all right. At number seven, we have the chargers. I went a little rogue here. Oh, so I don't know if there's a little bit, I'm trying to figure out when did, when was Hunter Henry drafted? Hunter Henry. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, everyone can drink. Drink, I just... drink, drink. Uh, I okay. I just went a little of the mindset. I was like, maybe George Kittle. You... I don't like the the love of a big, like solid tight end. I could see, and obviously they they went wide receiver, so they're thinking a little bit about just kind of you know a, a weapon they can trust. But I mean, Hunter Henry. If it when was Hunter Henry? Uh, oh, he wasn't this draft. I have to look. I have to, whoops, I just banged the mic. That's fine. Um, I was getting I cute. I thought it was, was a year after. Cute. Yeah. So it's so. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They needed a weapon. They needed a big kind of red zone threat. Hunter Henry uh, is a guy that they look to now. But George Kittle would have been a good one. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. So I guess the year before, actually, Hunter Henry came out second round, thirty fifth overall. All right. So my pick ain't gonna fucking work. Cancel, <laughs> cancel, pick, cancel, cancel that. Um, I I did think like, uh, you know, they could have gone a Kenny Galladay, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, good. So Kenny Gall- Galladay was in the third round of Northern Illinois when my Lions picked him. I I, I wasn't too happy because I didn't really know too much about him, mm-hmm. but Ken- Kenny Galladay has proven to be that big, tall, go get it, throw him a jump ball. I think he would have fit nicely with with uh with philip rivers especially in the red zone um again a guy that's never stayed healthy it's tough mike williams i think he's talented but he's just never been able to get out of the blocks oh absolutely but uh all right you want to round off just the top 12 to get down to the chiefs for the chiefs fans 
Yeah, I mean, I think at this it. point, Carolina holds Pat at Christian McCaffrey. That's what I had. I don't think there's too much of a change there. Um, I think then the Bengals probably, if if you know, if the Chargers don't go with Kittle, I think they go with Kittle there. Given all of the the Bengals, all the history, injury history with Tyler Eifert, um, I think they look to make a move there, get another offensive player. They went with John Ross, the speed demon. Um, he just breaks down. Otherwise, they could have gone defensively. But uh, you know, there's a lot of players that could have gone. Eddie Jackson, the safety out of uh, out of Alabama, that Chicago took in the third round. Hmm. Perfect, brother. Uh, all right, up against it. Let's get out of this segment. What if? If there's anything you want to ta- tackle, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Let us rewrite history. Anything else you want to leave, bro? What else did you have fall down? I thought Cream Hunt maybe a fit at the Bengals. I don't know. That just fit right. I know they already had the running back they needed, though, but just kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, I think if Mahomes isn't there, they don't have the option for Watson. Yes. Sliding door could have been Trubisky. But I don't think they would have made the trade up. So if they traded up for anyone, Trey Davius White, the defensive back for Buffalo now, would have been a great fit. He would have been available for him. He's a Pro Bowl level player. Would have shored up some of that defensive backfield. So there you go. Nice. There's your consolation prize. Perfect. Uh, it's high noon. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. All right, Neapolitan Showdown, talking top scary movies. Ooh. Ooh. Have we done this before? I remember kind of doing a ooh thing, and it, like, it never quite sounding like a ghost. <laughs> I'm just remembering doing that. Maybe we were pre broing about it. Uh, yeah. Do you like scary movies, brah? Great question. I do like scary movies. Okay. Dr. Mrs. The Commish does not like a scary movies, so that sure. pretty much means I don't get to watch scary movies. So you watching a scary movie, rocking a mustache, you'd be kicked out of the house. <laughs> I'd, Move it I'd off, be done. Move I'd be a bachelor along. most awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like it a little bit, but it's also like, so how do you define it? It'd be interesting to see, because there's all like subgenres in scary movies, yeah. and it's also like a little bit about, you know, what's scary versus like suspense you know like little horror versus just like kind of that just kind of just like jump out of the closet kind of like and it's like kind of the slasher what's your game bro i guess we'll yeah, see the so game we'll see i the am game. in in that suspense like scary yeah. i'm not overtly gory like the saw movies don't do it for me mm. i'm like i'm not into seeing some guy like trapped in a room and he has to saw his arm off to save someone else like that's not my vibe yeah but i definitely am looking for like oh shit this thing is coming for me mm-hmm. and I'm freaked out and I don't know where it's going to come out of the woodwork or where it's going to come from. That's the kind of scary, this like unstoppable force that I'm, I have to figure out a way to get myself out of those movies always scare the freak the fuck out of me. So you fuck, you fuck with like uh, the paranormal activities and the Blair witches, the found footage stuff that looks like super real. And it's just kind of like, Oh, I definitely course. like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The found footage or just even just, you know, just the ones, you know, the ring and I'm trying to look at some of my console brackets mm-hmm. or like or like 28 days later is a great. That's a really good. Flick. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good one because that's always that's to me. That's the worst version of the zombie apocalypse that there is. The ones that can move fast and quick. You're yeah. like, holy shit, like World War Z. I don't call that a horror movie or a scary movie, but those are the things I'm like, fuck, how, how, what would I do in that situation? I'd be screwed. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, my number three out of the gate. And see, this is going to help us really define what scary movies are because you might call bullshit on this. Cloverfield. I didn't see Cloverfield. Okay. But it, wait, wait, was Cloverfield – oh, no, the the John Goodman one was the sequel. The Cloverfield was yeah. the one where you didn't see the monster until the end. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, I did see that one. I do I, – I, that, that one's right in there. It's suspenseful. You're like, shit, what is that? Yeah, suspenseful. It's a little found footage. It's definitely like it's – you know, it's told through that kind of first person, like video game almost, like, cause it's like through the recording of the camera. It has pretty good flashbacks, cause like the, like one of the conceits is they're taping with like this camcorder, and it's kind of like when you actually had a camcorder and you would like, yeah. you tape something and you tape over it, but in between it would be like little blips of the shit you taped over. So you yeah, see yeah, that, yeah. and it's like a little bit, uh, spoiler alert, a little bit, you know, it's got that love story element I love. Like he's going to help his ex girlfriend, like he get in a fight with, escape from this tower. And then they they say they love each other and they get buried in fucking bricks underneath the bridge. Very reminiscent, <laughs> reminiscent to what happened. Uh, another spoiler alert at the end of Game of Thrones. To uh, ooh, yeah. were they fucking each other? Were they sisters and brothers too? <laughs> they weren't. No? It didn't. It didn't have that awesome that mm. the, that enriching that, plot line that I really enjoy. Yeah, that's my number three, bro. What do you got? I like it. That's good. That's I totally forgot about Cloverfield. Cloverfield is a good one. I'm gonna go with the classic one because we are entering in the Halloween season. I'm going to go with fucking Halloween. I, oh, yeah. I know it's a little bit on the older side, but it's got this like this Mike Myers, which is like, I think one of the most perfect scary, like villainous horror caricature that you could possibly have. Got the dead eyes and the mask yeah. and just, a, just an unstoppable killing machine. You got Jamie Lee Curtis. You've got a killer soundtrack in it too. Really sets the edge, really gets you on the edge of your feet. So I'm going to go with Halloween. Do you know where they got the Halloween mask from? In the movie or in real life? Uh, in real life. In the in the movie, they got it. He got it from when he killed some car mechanic guy. In real life, I don't know where they got it from. Oh, it's like it's a melted down shit. And I'm not gonna remember. It's either uh, you guys can write in. It's from Star Trek. I think it's uh, I think it's a Captain Kirk like melted down Captain Kirk mask. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what it? That's yeah. hilarious. Yep. If it 100%. is, hundred percent. No, it definitely that's is. It's really one of the funny. Star Trek characters. I'm just not a fucking nerd, so I can't remember. <laughs> Um, all right, brother. I, you know what? I need to watch the Halloween series. I don't know if I've actually ever seen. Ooh, I think film. I think we should decide on one oh, of these movies coming out night. of it. A little date night post Halloween, the episode after Halloween. We should put one together. That's really good. Just we could do like one of the kitty ones, like like Space Invaders. Do you remember that one where they come down on Halloween and they're like everyone thinks they're like kids, but they're like little aliens. Oh, no, no, no. Right. I don't we'll we'll put one. together some oh. previews. If you guys can get it together in time, shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. What Halloween Boom. movie should we watch? Boom, there you go. Uh, my number two, very new on the scene. I don't even think a year old, maybe at that. I have A Quiet Place. Oh, excellent. Quiet Place is great, especially as a parent now. Yeah. I can fucking put myself in there. That first scene, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Where Krasinski's running back to get the the kid that grabbed the toy. Yes, heart wrenching, bro. Yes, heart wrenching. It's the real deal, Holyfield. It's uh yeah. So no talking. I I'm always impressed with just kind of the whatever. It's not really even gimmicky, but if you can keep my attention with no talking, and it's just like you really have to lean on just kind of like shooting and telling a story, which they really do. It piques your curiosity too, because it's just kind of this other. Like, they don't tell you 100% what happened, obviously, because they can't tell you and there's, like, no talking. But just kind of seeing, like, an apocalyptic world is always super inter- interesting to me. Like, always, yeah. always sign me up for, like, The Road and all those movies. Like, you know, like, a few days after, like, the world just ended. Like, I am just 
eyeballs glued. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. Here? Did you see? Did you see the other Netflix one, Bird Box? Did you see that? I didn't. Oh, you should watch that. That's in that very same vein. Okay. Those are and those and those are the ones that Doctor Misses the Commission. I can watch. She'll watch those. She'll get all on board on those. Yeah. Is Bird Box for sure. basically just like it's a quiet place, but with sight instead of sound? Yes, it is. But they do it well. I mean, okay. you enjoy it. It's good. It's fun. It's scary as fuck, and uh, it's got some suspenseful elements in there. But it is a pose up. What, what would you do? I love when you can put yourself in that scene, like. How the fuck am I going to get out of this? How would I get out of this? Yeah. I love it when you're like half yelling at the TV. Don't do that, you fucking idiot. Like, don't do that. That's a bad plan. And then you get proven right. You're like, see, this is how I'd survive the apocalypse. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love it. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Can I talk talk about my favorite scene in A Quiet Place? I should let people watch it. I just, it's, we'll say it like this. It's the first time you hear one of the characters speak. In the you remember when John John K he's just like he sees the monsters coming and he like yells out and the monsters attack him instead of like the kids in the car yeah yeah, yeah. oh a little dusty dusty brother dusty <laughs> ah man walk it off that was I like I couldn't couldn't take it uh yeah I gotta score these motherfuckers also what's your one so Halloween um let's see Star Trek I think Deep Space. Uh, is that mask deep space nine i'm giving you nine yeah. points i don't think that's related uh clover field i think he climbed to the top of like a 20-story a building to save his girl noise uh a quiet place one word spoken be a big word uh what do you got bro Ooh, i'm gonna go with my number two you mentioned it earlier on i'm gonna go with the Blair Witch Project. Oh, Blair Witch. <laughs> this fucking movie got me, bro. Yeah. 1999, they did like a whole other, the marketing campaign was fucking phenomenal. Sure, the internet had just started. Yeah. The buzz was out. I remember watching a show before I went to go see it about them saying how this was real and oh, the wow. real story of Rustin uh, Park or whatever the fuck that guy's name is and the witch and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. I was, I'm like 18 years old, 19 years old. I'm hook, line, and sinker. I'm all in. I remember taking my brother to the theater, and there was some, uh, it was probably my freshman year in college. I took my brother, we went and saw it. And when it was all said and done, the, the theater was silent. Silent. Yeah. And people were like, we all were looking at each other like, what did we just watch? Yeah. We just watched this kid get put in the corner, mm-hmm. this other chick get, get whacked in the head, the camera comes tumbling down. That's it. That's all for those people. And then the flash smash cut. I see them like MTV, like VMAs. I'm like, motherfucker, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a, like when you found out wrestling wasn't true, but you thought you were already over all that. You're just like, I, now I can't be duped again. Like you're not gonna get me. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I won't love again and have my heart <laughs> broken like this. Uh, yeah. I mean, they made like what 100 million dollars gross off that movie that cost um this is like 216 dollars to make. All right, brother, I'll give you 100 points of that. I got to stop shitting on – is this second week in a row? Or maybe it's a couple weeks ago. I'll give an example. It's just kind of the intro, and it'll be one of your movies, and I'll be like, let's talk about it. And you're just like, how about we wait a little bit? We'll just wait a few seconds, and then we'll dive <laughs> yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, let's stop sh- scattershotting all of my, my <laughs> selections here. I'm, I'm having to pull out of the console bracket and think on the fly. That doesn't, ha- that doesn't work so well for me. Uh, all right, my number one is so fucking – like arts movie cliche thing guy says at a bar just because it's like it's a foreign movie but i really do like it and it's what came to mind 
Um, let the right one in. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of this. Okay, so You're it's gonna, uh, stump me on this. Yeah, one. it's 2008 Swedish film. Uh, U.S. did a remake. I think like four years later or something. But it's it's just like it's it's super interesting because it's about like kind of this this boy that's kind of an outcast is like 12 and he meets this like girl who you don't know is like she's kind of an outcast too but she's like a vampire but uh-huh. you just kind of don't know it and then she just i don't want to ruin too much but they just kind of they become friends and she kind of like protects him a little bit it's just it's got that heart that your boy loves um who what's what's so who's bad in it is the boy like is he uh no, he's a the boy's just kind of like an outcast. He's just kind of like a like a nerdy kid, and then like kids try to pick on him, and she just kind of like, you know, sticks up for him. Is this going to be like a movie like Gabe from The Office watches, where it's just all like cuts with like people eating like <laughs> maggots no. coming out of their mouths? No, no, and, no, like, no, really no, no, no. It has like it it has like a legit storyline. It it there okay. is a there is subtext. So you got to kind of uh, oh, I got to read it in this yeah, subtext. Yeah, there's subtext, and there's also subtitles. I can't wait Subtitle. to ed- edit, that, <laughs> right. edit that out. I'm I knew what you meant. I know what you meant, B. I'm subtext. with you. I'm picking up. The subtext um, is thick, and it's typed on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've never heard of this, um, but that doesn't mean it's not scary. It's not scary it's to my good. brain, Dana. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with a little something more mainstream. Of course. Because this scares me. It has always scared me. It's been my, my scariest Freddy Krueger, A Nightmare on Elm Street. How could you, I mean, in 1984, how could you think of something more scarier than basically like a serial killer slash pedophile who gets locked in the basement in the boiler room? Dr. and Mrs. The Commission told me for the longest time when she heard about it, she could never go in the boiler room of her house. So she was, she didn't see it. She was just freaked about out about knowing about it. Lights the house on fire. Now guy, the spirit of this guy comes back and kills you in your dreams. Yeah, it's got like, um, it's, it's just legendary in its kind of origin story, and just, it's mm-hmm. just, like you just can't compete with, you know, whatever you're scared about falling asleep. Like haunting your dreams, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Like as you're sitting there, you're just like you're legit afraid to fall asleep because you're just like that's where they they get me in some place where I can't run away, where I'm powerless. It's, and then like you get done watching it, and what do you do after you watch a movie? You go to sleep, you know, because you, you watch the movie yeah, right, at night, so it's right, just like right. fuck, I'm fucked. You're- Fucked. Yes, exactly. It's great, and it hit us right in that perfect 1980s, like in that scary movies in that youth era, right? In that like 10 to 12 years, finally when your parents yep. let you see it, maybe 9, 10, it's like, oh, shit, this is fucking legit. Okay, so there is one actor that got brought up one time when we were tackling an inbox about overrated that's in that movie. Movie, Give me the name and then. Oh, it's Johnny Depp. Yeah, okay, you win. You win. You hit the yeah. classics. That's good stuff, bro. That's good stuff. Uh, all right. Winner, most awesome. Let's jump into part two of our NBA, NBA preview. Brandana and Gambling Corner, bring us to the jam. NBA championship odds. 
Uh, I'll just fly through them real fast, and now we can talk. Now we can really get into the meat and potatoes of what we teed up earlier. Uh, all right, we got the L.A. Lakers plus 300, Clippers plus 350, Bucks plus 600, 76ers plus 750, Houston Rockets plus 850, Golden State Warriors plus 1,000, Utah Jazz plus 1,200, Denver Nuggets plus 1,800, and it just goes up from there. Uh, all right, so let's just talk about this top four right now. Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, 76ers. I want to point something out before you kind of jump in. Mm-hmm. Although I do like this better than the past years where it'd be like, you know, minus, minus 180, which means, you know, you're betting 180 to win 100 when teams like the – when it was not teams like, it was exactly the Golden State Warriors. That, right. that doesn't make it kind of worth your money to do the trash. I make the argument, though – for at least these Lakers and Clippers plus 300 plus 350 that best not worth it to me now because even if you were heading into the playoffs and even if you got to you know the uh Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals let's say that if everything just kind of shook out like people think it's going to do that means you have Lakers versus Clippers and then in the West you have Bucks versus 76ers right you're, those are still about the odds you're going to see, and they might be even better odds for either of those Los Angeles teams. Right. Like, Because you have to go, right. you're saying you're going to roll through one of those, and then you're going to also get to the championship and then beat who's on the other side. So it's like, I can't make a move right now. I can't advise in that bet. The whole point of the NBA, and especially you and I have talked about it, I brought it up. NBA, I do believe, and I think you've seconded it that it does find the truest champion it finds the best team like it sips through you're going to have a lot less of just like an nfl you know new york Giants situation someone taking it down it's just too many games you gotta win going on the road home court advantage uh biggest thing in basketball compared to all the other sports uh so i would take a flyer on a team that either you think vegas is really undervaluing or something different is going to happen to them that you don't think people are taking seriously. Can I tell you who I want, bro? I know I'm, ta- I'm taking the fucking floor on this, but I'll finish this thought and then you can just roll in. I'm just setting up some parameters. I'm just hitting some gates. With that being said, with me saying the way to really find your money, you need something that's being overlooked by Vegas or something that's going to change the team's lineup. Give me those Brooklyn Nets at 25 to 1. Ooh. Give me... Kyrie taking care of business, getting them to the postseason as like a sixth seed, then give me Kevin Durant ready to come back round two of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing is, is you that's a good reason for you just hanging your money out for four and a half months. Yes, exactly. Right. Placing that bet, it's like if that happens, the value of that bet goes dramatically through the roof. Yep. Right. Especially in an Eastern conference where you could make the argument that while the while the Bucks still have Giannis, I don't know if they're going to be a 60-win team unless Giannis makes his, another ascension up because they lost a few key players. The, the, the 76ers are much improved, but who knows what happens there. They're an injury or two away. You could see a lot of things shaken out, and then the, the, the Nets, who had kind of this good-time feel in New York – put it together and now they add two superstars they're very uh you know i don't want to say that they're like the clippers of the east but they kind of had that vibe everyone's rooting for them and they got some good young pieces along it yeah along the way so yeah that's that's an interesting pick if if kevin durant 
wants to come back round two. I, and I think he, I think he will. Like it, I mean, obviously he doesn't want to fuck around with the energy injury and he wants to get right. And I think, uh, yeah, it, it just seems, I, I think Kyrie can take him there. And I, and honestly, I thought like wish him the hell. Don't want him to come back too early. It's just to my point to get your money's worth. Like it can't be one of these. I mean, I guess if you're feeling super strong or you're a 76ers fan, like plus seven fifties, not bad. I mean, Let's call a fact a fact. Ben Simmons did hit a three-pointer in a preseason Look at game. that. How many more does he have to hit for me to be close to how he did about, in that a, one? A buck 99. Oh, my God. Why do we bring yeah. up how much of a fucking idiot I am? Uh, no, 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 no. All right, brother. Are there any kind of long shots you want to take a flyer on? Ooh, now that's a good one. I, I like it just because if you get 100 bucks to burn, you might as well throw it out there. Um, I mean, looking at – Denver and Utah at 16 to one, right? They're sitting there. Is that, that's roughly where they're at. I mean, I like yeah. if Denver can put it together, you got Michael Porter jr. And Denver kind of hanging out a little bit. Let me pull up my notes here again. And then you've pull got Utah. Notes. Here's the thing is, it's like, uh, Donovan Mitchell played in the, you know, the, the USA team over the summer for all, for all reports coming out of it. He was kind of the leader. It was like, granted, it wasn't like a, you know, uh, all-star laden cast, but he was the best of the best out of there. What if he makes a jump? What if he makes a run with him and with Michael Conley Jr.? Uh, I'm looking at my notes right here. You've got uh, Gobert, d- legit defensive player of the year. You add Bogdanovich from, from the Pacers, and you still hold on to Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles. You've got some other kind of high ceiling guys. You won 50 games last year. I mean, and I know I was high on 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 Utah last year, but sitting at sixteen to one, I mean, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if if Paul George's shoulders don't come back the way we thought it were, and Anthony Davis, you know, injures himself, LeBron breaks down. Yeah, you've really got Houston as your only other option. Houston sitting at eight to one, I do kind of like them. I think they're going to be a tough team, a, a tough out. But maybe they can. Maybe they just have enough bodies to throw at them. And I like Denver, and I like I like Jokic, and I like what they have to offer. It's it's tough. It's a tough bet. But once you get into other than your your Nets, you start getting into the Trailblazers. I think they've regressed. The Spurs, I don't I don't see it. The Pacers are on a razor's edge. The Raptors could end up being a, a, a dump team. The Dallas Mavericks. I need to see a little bit more of it between Porzingis and Doncic. I know they're all world talents, yeah. but again, they haven't played meaningful basketball. The Pelicans, again, meaningful basketball. Now the Heat, here's an interesting team at 101. Okay, Heat, you've got Jimmy Butler with you've got a, a an easy Eastern Conference. I don't want to say they're going to win, but maybe you look to bet them on 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 an odds to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's see here. Eastern Finals, the heater at forty to one, or to win the Eastern Conference Finals, that wouldn't be a, a crazy bet just to see them maybe make a late trade for Chris Paul for for CP three, a guy that wants to get there, might be interesting. Yeah, I like that. I like that on there uh, a little bit on just kind of thinking about those late trades and kind of how these teams set up could move around. I do kind of want to check out the Pelicans' odds there to kind of make the postseason. Interesting. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Hopefully we won't now, do the Pelicans. Yeah, now would be good value to get on them too, especially with Zion. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they're 
sure they're taking a little little dip here. I'm sure all the Cleveland Brown fans are just like, be careful, New Orleans. It may be a sports <laughs> podcast. Back to your team. Ain't the best thing in the world. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we're hot. We're hot for the Pelicans. Uh, we're coming to see you next time, Pelicans, <laughs> oh, New Orleans. Are. We have to jump into that. Uh, let's do our MVP of the week real fast. Who do you got, brah? Ooh, uh, I am going to go, obviously, our Kansas City Chief brethren out there. Yeah. Pat Mahomes, giving a little bit of well-wish. It always sucks. You and I were talking about it off pod. Uh, it's a bummer when these guys get, especially MVPs like Pat Mahomes, get injured. Uh, stinks, sucks. So, MVP, Pat Mahomes, get well. Don't run back too early. Don't RG3 it. Yeah. Get get right, friend. Yeah, absolutely. And this is uh, – it wasn't a vicious hit or anything. That's what I'm saying. I think it just kind of reminds us of every time we kind of bitch and scream about these roughing the passer kind of penalties. It's They're there for a reason. You know, we want we want our superstar quarterbacks on the field. I want to keep them on. Right, for sure. Um, my MVP of the week, Shea Bradley. Um, this Yeah, Shea guy, Bradley. Yeah. Do you know the story about this guy? Uh, no, I don't. Tell me. <laughs> okay, well, he was just like – so he uh, passed away on October 8th, and he basically his last joke was in his coffin. Like he played, he had this little thing set on him that played this thing with his voice recorded saying, Let me out. It's dark in here. Let me the fuck out of here. <laughs> so you just kind of see like everyone crowded around his funeral, just losing his shit and uh, taking his sense of humor all the way to the end. You're my MVP, brother. Guys, this has been the MAB Sports Podcast. Coming at you, episode 85. Uh, anything coming out? We're going to do a Halloween, maybe date night soon. Going to do Map Read Separation. Uh, our new segment, What If? You got something for that? Hit us up. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. No Mabbers, you'll never find us cast in a movie called A Quiet Mab. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.